I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, today we've got rapper Big Pooh in the co-host chair, and it is our privilege to welcome Mike Wise to the show. Mike, how are you? Good, Doug. Big Pooh, good to hear you, man. I've, I've been fans of a long time, both of you, and I know you're thinking, like, oh, that's... That, that's that's so phony that's not true but actually i have heard you and i did a little homework too and so um so bottom line is yeah i got your number no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> nice well, i had uh plans on how we get this thing started today yeah but uh with the passing of hank aaron i thought maybe we'd just take a second and uh remember his greatness and what he meant not only to basketball but just to the to our country and in and turn the world in general. Yeah, I mean, I was I mean, I'm I'm older than both you guys, so um, I was ten in 1974, and I remember going to my friend. Uh, his name is Mark Huber. I don't know whatever happened to him, but he, we went to his. We were in Napa, California, and obviously it's three hours behind East Coast time, so it, it wasn't that late there. But I remember us going over. We're oh, Hank Aaron might win the you know knockoff Babe Ruth's home run record, and we watched it. And when it happened, like the whole apartment went crazy. And you know, you're ten. You don't really. I don't. I don't remember my father or my grandfather or anybody coming up to me going, "Oh, uh, an African American player just beat Babe Ruth's record." Like I, I you know, like at that age, you didn't even really realize the significance socially. And it wasn't until years later I was like, "Oh." Oh, he got all these hate mails and he, and he had death threats from from racists that, you know, could not see a black man beating a white man in the home run record. And you didn't realize how great it, a moment it was until much later. But that's my that, that at the you know, I just remember at the time, you know, I would have died happy if I ever got one one at bat in the major leagues. And so to see it happen live on tv i was like oh this is incredible so that i mean that's my enduring memory of the moment i never i don't even know if i met him even though i covered a lot of games and did a lot of different things i don't even know if i met i don't think i met hank aaron and that's a regret because you know he's like he's all-time great uh what what do you think about uh you know speaking of hank aaron what do you think about major league baseball finally um, deciding to merge the Negro League stats with MLB stats. Um, finally, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's awesome. I mean, and and long awaited. You know, long, one of those things, long time coming. Where you, uh, I mean, one of the coolest things I did for Channel Nine last year was um, there was a there's a guy who's um, Billy Fields. His father Wilmer Fields was one of the last. Um, Negro Leagues players for the Homestead Grays, and he lives out in um, not Warrington, but uh, right outside of uh, right outside of Vienna, Virginia. And he um, and he showed me a a, a, a jacket he got a, a big poo he got from Willie Mays, like mm. uh, and it was like Birmingham Barons jacket, and it, and he like it's all and I go well, where'd you get that? And he goes. Well, my dad was pitching against the Birmingham Barons and he was cold, he didn't have a jacket and Willie Mays let him borrow it and he forgot to give it back to Willie Mays. Wow. I'm like, this thing should be in the, in the MLB. And he goes, I know, I know. One of these days, it was like it was his insurance. But anyway, he was, he was talking about how 
his, you know, he didn't realize his dad's greatness until he, he was older. And um, he, you know, and, he, and it's the more and more I thought about it when the Nationals went to the playoffs, went the work where they all said like, oh, this is the first time the Nationals been in the World Series since 1924. You know, no, no, actually a professional baseball team from Washington had been in the World Series in like 1940 something but it was the homestead grays who were playing at griffith stadium mm-hmm. and uh so so i always thought you know like people you're right they always those rules were always separate stats and because negro league players obviously until jackie robinson broke the color barrier weren't allowed to play uh, with white players in major league baseball it it almost feels like appropriate in a weird way i think you they know? were saying today i saw there were two things that stuck out to me won 3,000 pieces of hate mail a day for breaking yeah. that home run record. It just seems incredible. Yeah, not even and Trump got that many. <laughs> close, close, I heard. Yeah, right. And, and the other one was if you knocked off the 755 homers, he'd still have over 3,000 hits, which is good enough to get you in the hall by itself. Uh, no, it was crazy. The Ralph Wiley, the late great sports writer, um, had a, he said something like um, he he had twelve more thousand twelve thousand more miles on the base pass, you know, like stolen bases than Stan Musial, like yeah. which was just incredible, you know, and uh, you know, but the, one of the things that Joe DiMaggio got put in his bio when they would introduce him and he would always, he would almost have it contractually. And he was just, he was a little bit ego-minded. He was like the, you know, and now the greatest living ball player. And so that became a thing after that, like, okay, Joe DiMaggio's dead. Who's the greatest living ball player? Well, I would argue that it was, you know, it, it was Hank Aaron or Willie Mays. And, and now that Hank's gone, I mean, well, Willie Mays is all we got left in my, in my, bit, in my estimation. Um, and last thing on, uh, on, on the great Hank Aaron, um, yeah. what do you think his lasting, other than the home run record, what do you think his lasting legacy will be? I think Big Boo, I think if I had to really um, think about it, was just the class and dignity to, you know, everybody and their mom was killing Barry Bonds when, when he was like, like you, that's a, that, that's a fraud. That's a, and I don't think Hank Aaron actually believed that Barry Bonds um, did it naturally. He knew, but he also didn't want to destroy the guy's moment. And he was like, you know, he actually was classy enough to be a part of it. And however you come down on that, the bottom line was um, Hank Aaron, you know, is it, all about dignity. It's all about class. I mean, the guy could have been, the baseball commissioner, the guy could, you know, if, if we lived in more progressive times, he should have been uh, a general manager of a team. And instead of like, you know, the ambassador of the Braves for years and which was fine. And probably he didn't have to stress as much, but I think down deep, he was an ambitious man and people weren't giving people GM job, black managers, GM jobs, you know? And, and um, so so I think that part probably bothered him, but he kept that underneath him. And he was just such an ambassador for the game. Just class and dignity, man. Um, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to get a death threat when you're playing sports. It's just crazy. Uh, and to actually deal with that while 
you're um, while, while you're trying to break the, you know the all-time home run record and have a career and help your team win, it's just uh, it, it goes so beyond like we talk about like oh Tom Brady's the goat. Well, yeah, yeah, he is. He won more Super Bowls than any quarterback, and he's he's had clutch moments. He never had he never had half a society bearing down on him not wanting to win not because of they weren't Patriots fans, but because he was white. Can you imagine like that? The color of Hank Aaron's skin made him a threat to, uh, I mean, to, to an entire race of people that were warped in this country. And, and the man still did what he did and he paid no mind to it. So that to me, the class, the dignity to go through all that and come out on the other side and not carry bitterness around with you. I don't think if that happened to me, and I'm not black, but I, if someone was that nasty to me during the, and and all of a sudden, all of a sudden they would, you know, like I, I don't know if I could forgive something like that. So anyway, that's just me. Mike, let's switch gears from uh, the Braves to the Washington Football Team. Uh, I know, as most do, that you've been out on the front of the name change movement, <laughs> if you will. Is this um, feel right? I mean, are we getting close to where it's supposed to be? Is this too little, too late? What, what, what do you feel like we're at now with this thing? Yeah, it's hard because it's not that I stopped rooting for them because I still like guys I used to cover and, and, I, and I really rooted for guys on that team. Um, but I feel like Dan Snyder got off a little bit easy in many ways between the sexual harassment stuff and um and all the uh and I'm not saying that he has to have some big press conference where he apologized to native americans but in some ways the right thing got done for the wrong reason i mean there was sponsor pressure but most of the sponsor pressure was it was because of the uh killing of george floyd and the racial reckoning in america started and you know as as a native american person her name's tara hoska she was all uh she was all about the whole name change thing for a long time. She was an Ojibwe woman. She like texted me a message. She goes, thank you, George Floyd. You know, like basically you not only gave your life for part of a movement, but that's the, that was one of the main reasons the name got changed. So my thing is who cares? It got done. It was the right thing in my estimation. And, and we move on and I don't hold any bitterness. I just think that top down, if you're not paying any, uh, penalty for the, the for the woman stuff and how you what you know what you've done to a civic trust in Washington in many ways like and you still got the team uh, to me it's like you gotta still you know if you're gonna ever get the the real disease out of there you gotta cut the head off the snake <laughs> and that's Jan, Dan Snyder and yeah. it's not like I I don't I hate him I don't I've only had a couple you know one-on-one -on -one talks with him but I just feel like there would be such a better owner that could, that, that, you know, the talk, toxic top-down management that, that came into that franchise in so many ways over the years. I think if he ever sold, it would go away and somebody else would be in charge. So, but look, and I can't, I can't fault like the players they're doing, you know, they, they had a very good season and that defense is going to be around for a while. And if the quarterback problem is ever solved, I don't know if Chad uh, or, or what's the guy's. I don't even know his name. Uh, uh, Hennick, Hennicky. 
Heineke. Heineke. Yeah. Heineke. Heineke. I mean, he's yeah. fun to watch. Heineke. I, say I, Heineke. I hope he becomes whatever the next Doug Flew, whatever he is. I hope he becomes the next Drew Brees. I hope he becomes the next Michael Vick. That's who he looked like scampering away in that playoff game. But, you know, I, I root for that guy. And, and it'd be great if he was the next quarterback. But I look, uh, to me, that's all it's about now is that, that co- if you get a good coach, you get a good quarterback, the other pieces fall in place, boom, you're good. Yeah, it, it feels like Washington hasn't had a good quarterback, a steady quarterback presence since uh... – Mark Rippon was yeah. in the center. Right. I mean, Brad Johnson was on his way, but then they got rid of him for Jeff George, which was just crazy. <laughs> Mike, yeah. well, the, um, what I know that there have been, you know, Warriors has been propped up as the next name if it doesn't yeah. stay football team. And, and a lot of fans still want some way to keep native imagery, but there's a lot of people that feel like that Warriors is still too close. Are they? Is there a list of names and not names, but yeah. I mean, does that make sense? Like that, that doesn't move the needle enough, does it? Well, Doug, I think that it, um, I, I think there's no way they go back to any native stuff because then they're just going to be in another fight over the years with whoever the national Congress, American Indians, whatever. And some people are just going to say, you know, and for a long time, they were talking about the red tails because, you know, honor the Tuskegee airmen. And I even think that like, like, while that's a great honor and everything, I don't know if, I don't know if people like, it's, it's sort of like, okay, wait a minute. It's another race. Do you want to like go? I don't know if they'll go there. And so my gut is, and I always thought warriors was a good one. If you just, you know, whatever you had a gladiator or you, you could do a proud veteran, you know, on the side of your helmet and be like, you know, Hey, we're, we'll give 10% of new merchandise to the wounded warriors, but you'd be a hero. You know, you'd be like, Oh, we're the military's team. I don't know if that happens because I think there's always that worry that someone's going to, someone said the wolves, the red wolves, as corny as it sounds like, like I have a 10 year, I have young kids now, like my 10 year old would be like, Oh my God, wolves Jersey, like a cool wolf on the Jersey. Like, I think, I think if you're a marketing person, you got to think about that. Like you got to think about like what, what, like if there's a 15 year old out there and he's going to be a season ticket holder in 10 years, what is what would he like? And I think there'll be some kind of animal or something cool, you know. Like to me, to me, that's the only thing. I mean, didn't they mention that they would might keep the Washington football team too? Yes. Well, they def- yeah, definitely one more year. Jason Wright said, no doubt about this year, it will right. be Washington football team. Uh, Lavera suggested the other day when I was talking to him that it could be they're holding out just in case they um, Snyder is forced to sell the team for some reason. It would be more valuable without any name i've always suggested that if you had 32 brand new teams that each team would end up not using to your point a person uh because it's just somebody's going to be offended by it yeah i don't know why they don't stick with washington football team and go by burgundy and gold and and just be done with it yeah i mean i, I kind of like the the you know the, the the numbers on the helmet it's like kind of like alabama almost and and it just uh, has a feel of it's classy, and now they got all these soccer teams. You know, the 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 Real Madrid or the you know the Liverpool football team. You know, whatever. That, that I think some people like it, but I also I'm not I'm not ignorant to marketing concerns, and I just feel like they're going down deep. They're going, yeah, we got to get we got to get parents to buy their kids jerseys. 
and, and you know, and Washington football team is okay. But I think, I don't know, my gut is it's going to be wolves or something like that. Red wolves, um, yeah. whatever, you know, it's, 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 you know, something like that, that'll, that'll, that'll grab people's attention. Um, and I think you, you got to keep the colors, right? Cause you have to keep used, the colors. Yeah, yeah every, everybody's colors. used to the colors. The only other one I could have saw was like if you call them the Washington Americans, and then you did a red, red, white, blue scheme. But then even then, the the Patriots would go crazy, and it would just be like somebody else's. Uh, you know, I mean, like tr- trying to tie America into the team, like you know, and then just you piss off the Cowboys to no end. Like, oh God, they're now saying they're America's <laughs> team, but. But but you're right you're right big pool like why why if you if you have anything left it's you know you're the burgundy and gold you're always that and so always uh, that. it, it makes it makes sense to keep the colors. Um, what do you think about the new additions to the front office with uh, Martin Mayhew coming in as GM and uh, Herney? Um, yeah. Uh, and 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 can you speak to like kind of what happened like the past few days? The report was Herney was going to be the GM. And then it just switched um, to, to Martin Mayhew and Herney still having a, a top level position. Yeah, I don't know how that worked out. Like, I never knew. I never know all the um, all the machinations. I mean, I haven't been privy to the machinations there for a while in terms of how everything goes down. But forever, forever, that franchise has been concerned with image, how something looks, and and how you know like are they like I, I always say like you guys don't sell Super Bowl champions you sell hope and you can't sell hope you know you have to sell results at some point and um and so I I think that what happened you know my, my guess is uh you know Martin Mayhew became like oh wait we can you know we could be on the forefront of something and what's Harney's deal like like was he ex- uh, upset about this? No, I, I don't think so. I, he's he's like the executive uh, vice president of player personnel, something like that. Like it, it was interesting because earlier in the week they had said that it was going to be Herney, right? Uh, even though they had interviewed Mayhew, that's a whole lot of M's to keep straight. They interviewed right. Mayhew, and then at the last minute, it was Mayhew in as the general manager, and then Herney. And as the VP, to your point, who of uh, player personnel, and I, I guess what makes people upset is it, it, it eventually means the ouster of Kyle Smith, who everybody was super excited about and fearful of letting run out the building again. Right, and the, the and that that will of course end up like Kyle Shanahan and Matt Lafleur. You know that. <laughs> that's, that's but no, you're right. Like you you know, I mean, my gut is. You know, I don't want to say the team became woke, but Martin Mayhew is a historic hiring, a black man. Oh, and the guy, Martin Mayhew had paid his dues for many years. And this is a guy who deserves a position like this. And so people were saying, oh, Snyder just did it for the um, the optics. And then I'm like, who cares if you did it for the optics or the, you know, like it was the right thing to do. And he seems like a very good candidate. So it's like, oh, people always, you know, like, Oh, they changed the name just because they got backed in the corner by sponsors. Well, okay. So what? It was the right thing to do. Like, you know, Capone went to jail on tax charges. He was a mass murderer, but he still rotted in prison. <laughs> Sometimes the right thing happens for the wrong reasons. And so I don't care whether it was, 
you know, there was, there was thought or whatever, Martin Mayhew got the job he deserved. And, um, and I'm sure, you know, uh, look, I, 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 do you like, do you guys like Rivera? Do you think he's on the track to good thing? I mean, are, do you, are you mixed I, feelings about him? What's the, what's the take? I think he's on the, I think he's on the right track. Um, okay. I, I, and, and I say that, you know, we see Marty Schottenheimer come in here and have a, eight and eight season and then turn around and get fired. So, yeah. but I, I think the difference is that um, Ron Rivera seems to actually have control of the front office as opposed to in, you know, earlier years, the coach, you know, Snyder normally had his person, whether it was Serato or Bruce Allen in place to, to really run the ship. This time is totally different. So, um you know, and Ron, we trust is what they say, I guess. <laughs> All right. And Ron, we trust. Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. Shanahan, always, they, remember when they, back in the Shanahan days, they'd be like, the adults are in charge. Like, no, no, you didn't have the power you said you did. And, and of course, when things went bad, every Mike Shanahan was like, oh, no, no, that, that was Dan. That was Dan. Like, it's not, so well, Shanahan was trying to wash his hands of everything. Oh, no, I didn't leave Robert out there too long. No, no, he convinced Dan he should be out there. Like, shut up, Shanny. <laughs> it, it is amazing, the though. Wrinkled, that the old from... wrinkled sunburn man. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I was just saying it's amazing that they really have gone from, like, the dark ages to being in the forefront of modern sports. And uh, you know, right. they, were, they were in front of COVID first as far as bringing the guys back off the road and opening up the stadium and – I think this is the first time that three persons of color have been in the top three positions, not just in football, I think yeah. in professional sporting. So uh, to your point, Mike, whether he was uh, duped into it or not, here we are. And it, uh, it's yeah. kind of refreshing, you know? Yeah, it's refreshing. And you root for that too. And you root, you root for success when those things happen. Um, I just think that the, the league in general, man, they've made such a mockery of the Rooney rule over the years. You know, it's sort of like, okay, we're going to hire. Like, I remember Jerry Gray years ago um, when he was the DB coach. And and uh, every, make, I remember Jason Reed and me were talking. He's like, yeah, he's going to get an interview. But, you know, they're talking about Shanahan. So Jerry Gray, like, he, he had an interview, but it wasn't even a it, – it, it was sort of like a quid pro quo. Like, if you interview for the head coaching job and act like it was real – we'll give you a nice recommendation with the Titans for their whatever job that you have down there. And I talked to Jerry about it like a couple of years ago when, before they hired Doug Williams to be sort of the, the GM or whatever, whatever Doug Williams job was at the time. And I said, I said, you know, they had, they had, they had signed and sealed Shanahan already. And he found Jerry Gray found out from me 10 years later that Shanahan was already signed and sealed when he interviewed and so that to me was just a, you know, you can hire who you want, but if you weren't even going to give the guy a real shot and you were just doing it for optics so that, so that the Fritz Pollard people wouldn't come after you, that's just wrong. That's not, that's not how Rooney rules should be used. And so, so that this is happening now, I think is great, you know, and um, it's just too bad though. Like if me and you were GM candidates right now, Doug, you know, they're pushing the white man aside. And I think Big Pooh, you can be down with that. We, no, I'm kidding. Um, like, we have um, not gotten any chances in society. And that shit's fun. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what do you think about um, Eric the Enemy? You know, his situation with, you know, yeah. this is, this, this is look like it's going to be like the, the second season in a row that 
he should have gotten a head coaching opportunity, but he isn't going to get one? Yeah, I, I'm wondering if Eric doesn't just walk in and start going off on people in these interviews, because either that or the racism still is alive and well in the NFL. And to me, it would be the latter, because I, I don't understand this. Like, do you like you can only have so many bad interviews and it just makes sense. Like he has the pedigree. He has the, he's paid his dues. He has the experience. Now, I know there was a time for a long time when. Um, Oh God! Uh, who am I? I'm, I'm like blanking for a second on um, oh, Russ Grimm. Russ oh, Grimm for the longest time was thought to be a head coaching candidate, and the bottom line was Russ Grimm just didn't interview well. And and for what, however he came across in those interviews, most owners did not want Russ Grimm to take over their uh, team. I. I don't know what Derek Bieniemy's like. All I know is on paper, man, he's got all the, you know, he could very well be a two-time offensive coordinator of a, uh, of a Super Bowl champion uh, in a few weeks. And so, yeah, I don't, I mean, former running back, played nine seasons, uh, has all the credentials in the world. I don't, you know, I don't get it. And there's a, there's a weird part of me. It's like, like the, um, the NBA, which I've covered some, you know, so many years, is much more. The owners are more progressive. They just get it more. They understand. Like these guys had to be basically like had their arm twisted to um, give people money for social justice. I mean, they they were down on Kaepernick from day one, and there's there's still that hardcore thing of like. Oh yeah, they keep calling us racist. Well, we're just going to show them. Like, I almost feel like there's a—it's not collusion, but there's just a sense of—it's um, just a sense of we're not going to give the public what they want. They're trying to—you know—they're trying to tell us we're not woke enough. We're going to hire who we want. It's like doesn't have anything to do. Like, I, I never understood that—that that, that term woke. Like, it just back in the day, it was like you're a decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> like you thought about other people, you, you know, you didn't, you wanted to work and live with people who didn't look like you and sometimes didn't think like you. Cause that was what the country was about nowadays, man. I, I don't and look, I don't know enough. And I'm not going to sit here and say all these guys are tried and true racists that don't, uh, that don't want a black man away, but it's like anything. It's like the Kaepernick thing. At some point, if you don't get a job, like it says more about, the people doing the hiring than it does the individual. Mike, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little NBA with you while we got you. I'm yeah. curious your Scott's your Scott's your thoughts on Scott Brooks and where the Wizards are right now, other than not playing well, because of COVID problems. But guys, I root for Scott Brooks because I believe it or not, I played junior college basketball against him like 35 years ago. And I think I didn't get off the bench, but he was like the star of Delta Community College in Stockton, California. I was with American River College and they beat us bad. And all we thought at the time was like, Dude, this little guy, he's not going to be in pickup games in 10 years. But of course, he played in the NBA and he, he's a great guy. A lot of people don't like him as a coach. They think he's too close to the players and they need more of an authoritarian guy. I don't know, man. The Wizards, every time I get excited about the Wizards, I just... Oh God, John, they got rid of John Wall. Now, now Beal allegedly wants out. Um, you know, I like Ross Westbrook, but is he enough? And I think like 
if you surrounded those guys with some veteran talent, but those guys are just growing up around them. So I don't know. I'm, I almost wish I could go to sleep for two or three years and the wizards, I got woke up and they were in the second round, but th- it seems like I've been doing that for years. Every time I wanted to be something and, yeah, they were so close. People forget how close they were to going to the conference finals. They were a game away, and they lose that game seven to the Celtics. That was – shoot, guys, that's going to be – that's not even going to be four years in this April or May. And and then all of a sudden, John Wall gets hurt. Everything goes downhill, and boom, you know, we're back in the same boat again. Uh, I think Scott Brooks, unless they go into a real prolonged funk, is going to keep his job this year. I also think his relationship with Russell Westbrook is key. Like if they hang in there and Russ is going to stay here for a while, I think Scott Brooks survives another year, whether you like it or not. <laughs> his oh, contract's up there. They'd have to give him at least a, a one-year extension. Is that right? Uh, yeah, but they won't give him a one-year. So they'll give him two. They'll right. give him two. And Ted does this thing. Like Ted, Ted says, God bless him. Uh, you know, like remember how long he, he held on to Ernie Grunfeld and uh, George McPhee. Off. Like I always say, dude, Ernie doesn't – I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Ted Leonsis doesn't hire GMs and coaches sometimes. He hires Supreme Court justices. Like they freaking got a lifetime appointment uh, <laughs> uh, on his basketball team and his hockey team. And I don't, and so it'd be interesting to see what happens. Cause on one hand, like you're not losing season ticket holders right now because nobody's going because of the pandemic. But when the, when people start coming back to the games, which I think they will by next fall, you have to have something out there that makes people excited. And if Scott Brooks is making people excited, maybe right. He does, he does miss out, but, but the, you don't, you won't put him on a one-year extension. They'll put him on a two year, like a one year, you know, two year deal, second year is an option, you know, team or something. It's Cause you don't want to, you don't want to have the players in your locker room thinking like this guy's, you know, dead coach walking every night because then they won't respect him. Um, what, what do you think about, uh, the job that Patrick Ewan is doing down at Georgetown. Another man. I used to big poo. I know you're too young to remember this, but I, I used to cover the Knicks back in the day with the New York times. And I saw some of Patrick's best years and I just came to really like him as not only a player, but, a, but a guy. And so it's hard to watch Georgetown f- falter like they have. I think he has, does he have two more years on his deal? Um, I think it's two. Is it too? Yeah. So I think so. So I think because they paid a lot of money that they're probably going to stick with him at least one more. Um, I just don't, I mean, if, if he doesn't get some special players in here and they, and then will stick around for at least two years, how do you sell the Georgetown family on that? I mean, in a weird way, because John Thompson senior is, uh, has passed on and JT three's out of the mix. And like, you, you don't have that, there's, there's no Thompson loyalty anymore in, uh, with the president. And so is Patrick become the last domino to fall in this? You know, because a lot of people thought, well, okay, JT3's out. They just got John Thompson's other son, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> and, right. And so I feel like there's a real, there's a, there's a real uh, resentment from the fan base. Like, okay, we got to move on from this. Look, the guy gave us the greatest memories of our life. We have to move on from this, this John Thompson world. Patrick Ewing's all alone right now. He's got to do it by himself. I'm rooting for him. 
I don't know if he can do it. I don't, college basketball is just a different world. I'm going to give you an anecdote that I haven't given anybody, but it's kind of sad. So I was, I called um, uh, uh, Shaq, who I wrote a book with like 20 years ago, um, says, hey, call, call Shawnee up, who's his ex-wife. And that's where, um, uh, that's where his son, Rush, uh, um, his son Sharif was yep. living with his mom in LA. And he goes, he's going to tell you where he's going to college, which at the time was Arizona. And I was going to like get a little scoop, you know, and I was like, oh, thanks, man. You know, you give me a little, get a little news here. Your son's going to Arizona. And I remember calling and Shani up and she got on the phone and she goes, I, she goes, oh, it's you. Okay. All right. We kept getting a 202 number and it was some guy named Patrick Ewing. And I, I didn't want to talk to him. He wasn't going to Georgia. Like, I didn't want to, like, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Shawnee didn't know it was Patrick Ewing. Like, it's Shaq's wife. You, you can't even get it. You can't even get your son on the phone with, with, with um, the coach of Georgetown, who's a Hall of Fame player. Like, what does that say for Patrick Ewing's recruiting? And mm. so, I, you know, I felt bad for him in a way. Like, uh, she's like, I would go, wait, you picked me up, but you didn't pick Patrick Ewing's call up because it was a 202? Are you kidding me? What are you doing? And, but, but he didn't think, you know, he, it wasn't even in his, you know, it wasn't even in his top 20 that he would think about going. And, you know, and he wasn't as good a player as Bull Bull is, but they came out and they played on the same AU team and they, and, you know, and if Sharif didn't have a heart condition, he could have been a, he could have been a great college player. And so, yeah, it's a little bothersome to like, I wanted him to, I wanted to be when he went into a, someone's uh, house that people would go, Oh man, it's Patrick Ewing, but kids don't do that anymore. Like they're just looking at like the situation. Am I going to start? Are you going to, how many times are you going to be on TV? You know, are you going to, is your system going to get me to the NBA? Which are all the things that they should look at. I don't, I don't just, I don't, I don't look down on new players for that, but it's tough to see Patrick Ewing operate in a world where he still thinks Georgetown as a name and a program has carries the same weight as it used to. It just doesn't. Seem to be working out well for Jawan Howard up in Michigan. <laughs> I know, but he's paying dudes. No, I'm kidding. I don't know that. <laughs> no, I, I know you're right. It is working out for Jawan Howard. God dang, yeah. you're right. It's, 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 a, it's been a nice influx of former NBA players, good to great NBA players returning to college. You, you, know, yes. you have Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt and Penny Penny at Memphis um, was robbed last year of probably would have been a special team, but um, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, you've seen a lot of players that at least that I grew up watching, you know, yes. in their prime uh, returning to college. So it's, it's always interesting. And, and you're right. I think Patrick Ewins watching Georgetown, I can't say it's the coaching. It's just there's nobody special on the court. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then when he lost, I, I don't – I think we were all premature to say his program was in chaos after that stuff last year with the uh, women because there were reports that, that, the, that the things that these guys were accused of, they weren't going up in front of the student body thing because some of them had decided to transfer. That They, they weren't um, – I always defer, like, you know, I always defer to, if, if a woman's saying something happened, I, I listened to that before, but there were numerous reports of other um, mitigating factors that didn't make these guys out to be the villains they were, but they were so angry about the bad press that they got out of town 
And they were like, no, I'm not going to deal with this. And, um, and so, so I don't think his program was in, was in chaos. Like, you know, like, uh, like, like everybody had to be suspended and there was cheating and all that. But I do think that, that even the, the suggestion of it got so ugly that what's his name? Mac McClung took off, yeah. you know, yeah. saying, and then they start worrying about, okay, what am I, you know, and Mac McClung was fun to watch. You know, and um, and he was exciting, and some of the guys on their team were exciting. And like, who, who do you have now? Who, who's going to make people? Who's going to make people watch you? And that's to me. I mean, that's what college basketball is all about now. Like, you know, I love team. I love tournament teams that that all. You know, I love the older turn because I'm older. I love the tournament teams that look like five old guys playing at the Y, beating the little kids. <laughs> you know, like because because while the guys. State. Huh? <laughs> Michigan State. That sounds Boom. like a Tom Izzo team. <laughs> yeah, Tom Izzo team. Like, okay, yeah, you get a Draymond Green every time, every year, you know, every so often that goes to the NBA. But most of those guys aren't, you know, they're not going to be big time players in the NBA. But damn, if they don't stick around and they look good. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I know, like, I always root for them in the tournament because I know that, like, I remember George Mason. Like, I knew all those kids on George Mason. None of them were going to go to the NBA. But at that moment when Rudy Gay was facing up for Connecticut as an 18 year old freshman and those guys are 22, it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to get the million dollar deal, but you ain't winning this fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> and I always love that. Like sort of like that. We're not going to go to the NBA, but this is our moment here to show you. And uh, so, so anyway, that's why I love, I love the tournament. You know, I, I, miss, I think I missed that as much as I missed anything during COVID last year. Mike, uh, Pooh brought up uh, Penny. I'm curious, how close could that Penny and Shaq duo been to the eventual Kobe and Shaq duo? Penny, Penny doesn't give it enough credit because that career wasn't very long, but he was incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, what, Shaq, people forget how, you know, besides being just a big guy, Shaq, Shaq was an incredible athlete. I mean, when he was when he was in shape and he would – I'd, I'd see alley-oops that looked like they were going over the backboard and he would catch it and throw it down. And I was like, and, and Penny just, Penny had this unique, Doug, he had this, he's, this unique ability to, when he was in the air, like only a few shooters I've ever seen this, like he squared up in the air. Most guys, you know, they leave the ground and boom, they got, Penny would like, he, he might be twisting his body out of shape. He would square up in the air and hit shots. And you're right, if he didn't get hurt, um, and like, well, Shaq and Kobe, like they always, they, you know, before Kobe died, they were always like, God damn, if we weren't such knuckleheads, we, we, we didn't have so much stubborn pride. We could have won another three together. And, um, it's, you know, it's always like that. Um, I, one of them had to go, but yeah, Kobe and Shaq, I mean, I thought Kobe and Shaq were going to be the next magic Kareem, to be honest. And, um, and then Shaq got, you know, tired and. Orlando didn't offer him enough and Jerry West is so smart. He did. And, you know, and, and then, you know, things, things change, but this is good. You guys are bringing up a lot of good stuff. Cause <laughs> I've been so focused on this darn uh, inauguration election and all that craziness um, that I haven't, I haven't dealt with, I haven't delved enough into this stuff. And this is good. Gets my mind off all the crazy, all the, all the societal craziness going on. Indeed. Um, what, speaking of societal craziness, uh, what do you think are the chances, the NBA's chances of actually making it through the season with COVID running rampant right now throughout the league? 
Charles, did you guys see Charles Barkley the other night in TNT? He was like, you know, I know I'm going to take grief for this, but I think all the players should get it before anybody else. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, like I'm thinking, yeah, some nurse that's taking care of some guy on a ventilator. Yeah, like the guy on the ventilator is going, is he kidding me? Um, you know, but but I think, um, you know, at some point when the vaccine becomes ready and re- regular, I mean, I, I think, you know, like they're going to be one of the first people after um, after the elderly and the front frontline workers. And it's a major economy mover. I, my gut is somebody else told me this too. And I, my gut, it said by the NBA finals, they could see people in the stands by the NBA finals, people in the stands and people, I think they'll get through the season. I think there'll be some post moments. There might be some even cancellations, but I mean, Adam Silver, if he's nothing else, the guy is, uh, he's not tone deaf. So when, so he's not going to give his players the vaccine before anybody else, but he's going to find a way to do it in which it doesn't look like uh, they're being callous. And he's going to, of all the leagues out there, I would expect them to figure out a way before anybody else. And maybe they, you know, Big Boo, maybe they just do it like they did last uh, year and they find a bubble at the end of the year. If things aren't, if things are still crazy and, and we're still like trying to figure out. I'm worried that they're not going to have the Olympics. You see that there was a report that they weren't going to have the Olympics today in the Times of London. And they, mm-hmm. they're saying that's categorically false and that it's too early. But God, I would, I love the Olympics. That would bother me. Where smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Yeah. And they were saying already for NFL that they doubt they'll, that they're going to do training camps virtually again already. So I, I guess they're worried about enough vaccines to go around to everybody. You like Brady or Rodgers this weekend? Rodgers. Oh, Rodgers needs it. Bad. That's what I feel like. Tom Brady, it'd be good to see him win another one, but not against Aaron Rodgers. I want to see, I want to see the Packers win it. Like and not that. only that, but just imagine the Packers having only gotten one ring with with Rodgers there that whole time. Oh, no, I'm the, like I'm the same way because I always thought Brett yeah. Favre. Brett Favre should have got at least two rings. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and if Aaron Rodgers got another one, then he wouldn't have, Brett Favre wouldn't have nothing to say anymore about, about that. I, I was uh, I was speaking to a friend the other day, and and he made an interesting point. He was he was talking about wanting to see uh, Rogers versus Mahomes in the Super Bowl because everything Mahomes is and does, that's the gunslinger mentality. That's who Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, and he's he's like the old guard, and and Patrick Mahomes is the new guard. So he he definitely wanted to see that matchup. Yeah, when Doug was telling me I was going to do this, I wrote, you know, like we were going back and forth on messaging. One of the things I said was, you know, when is Washington going to get like an Indiana Jones kind of dude where escape <laughs> on the, you know, like, like that's what I love about Mahomes. The play breaks down and he's flicking some little sidearm thing looking like Dan Quisenberry for the Kansas City Royals 30 years ago. <laughs> and like going, oh my gosh, he just made that pass. And it's like, I, I, I want the improvisation guy. I don't want the passing camp quarterback no more. I don't want John Beck. I don't want no uh, um, uh, Patrick Ramsey. I don't want like, uh, you know, God bless Jason Campbell. They were all great passing camp, quarter, camp quarterbacks. They could have taught your child to throw the ball farther than anybody in the world, but they couldn't improv in the moment. I want an improv. That's why that Chad Hennigy, man, that, that, that's, that's what was so exciting to me was and RG3 had some of that too like it was exciting to watch someone just the play breaks down and they find a way that to me like that that is the quarterback that I want you know I think they're going to try hard I think they're going to take a big swing at quarterback this year whether it's 
Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford. I, I just can't imagine that they go into next season with all the momentum they built up and that defense is ready to win now with, to your point, Tyler Heineke and um, Kyle yeah, Allen well, as the two options. I'll take Deshaun Watson in a heartbeat. Yeah. Take a lot. Three ones, a couple threes, maybe I and I just like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You want to mortgage another future? Right. I mean, I, I think I would personally, but that's, yeah. that's me. I don't, I don't right. see them doing that. Uh, <laughs> they'll probably go for a Matt Stafford or, yeah. uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett or somebody that, you know, that's, that's due up uh, this year. Um, that, that, was, that won't cost as many assets. Yeah. Big poop. Before I go, I gotta ask that 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 Apple number one uh, album uh, plaque on your wall. What album was that for? Uh, that was for Little Brother's recent album, Made a Lord Watch. Okay, all right. Yeah, because RPM man, that thing kicked. I gotta be honest with you. Ah, thank you, thank you. That RPM was the um, that was like my training camp for the Little Brother album because uh, yeah. I hadn't done any music in like three years, so. That, Doug, Doug, do you yeah. listen? Do you ever listen to the song "Roses" at all? Yes. I mean, that was the, the scales remain tilted, but I remain jilted. Round of applause for the weary. I don't think they hear me. That's those are bars, my friend. <laughs> ah, thank those, you. I thank do you. not have the. I, I don't have the. Yeah, I, I. I don't know what it was, man, but I never had any rapping skills. But I, but I. <laughs> but when I see them, I'm I'm impressed. Oh, I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, no, 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 Thank no. You. I really, I, I did. I mean, I knew your name, but then I was like, when he told me your name, I was like, I'm going to go up and call up some of the music. And then I remembered a couple songs and uh, That's so awesome. it, was, it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway. Well, Mike, we appreciate you uh, giving us the time today. This was great. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. Big poop, man. It was good. Uh, well, uh, let's do it again next year or, or, next, yeah, se or next season, whenever you want. Yeah, that'd be great. All Hank, right. Hank likes it too. Oh, Hank, Hank in the house. All right. You, got, you guys have a great weekend. All right, Thanks, you do man. the same. Appreciate right. it.